Okay, everybody ready? I changed my name. Hi, my name is Evan and I use he, him pronouns. And my name is Sasha and I use they, them pronouns. And we are the The Baker Street Street Regulars, Regulars, a podcast where we are taking a queer magnifying glass to the Sherlock Holmes canon and its many adaptations. Hi, Lindy. Welcome to the Baker Street Regulars. Thank you so much. Tell us about yourself. Hi, my name is Lindy Foreman. I use they, them pronouns. I am an event maker, an artist, and an enthusiast of mushrooms. I think you asked us to describe you as a dashing young mushroom enthusiast. (laughs) A dashing young mushroom enthusiast. That's correct. We're good friends from the theater world, which is why we wanted to have you on. What's your experience with the Sherlock Holmes canon? I originally read a couple of the books growing up. I was a really big Super Hulock person. So I was really familiar with the BBC Sherlock show. And I think that's what got me to read the originals. And then I've watched a couple of different adaptations. I've always loved The Great Mouse Detective. And then I've watched House kind of intermittently. Do you have like favorite and least favorite adaptations or favorite and least favorite Sherlock's? I think the original is so good. I think it's just classic and very fun. I can't think of what my least favorite would be right now. So I will just leave it with that. You said you've seen a bunch of House MD. Yes, I have. Uh, when did that first come into your life and how? My ex was really into watching it. And so I would just kind of watch it with him. Like, it would just kind of be here and there. So I haven't seen like the whole scope of all the seasons, but I have seen quite a bit of it. And it, it's very, the episodes kind of feel very similar. There's like the case of the week or a case of the day. And then you you do the med stuff and the, the silly house is always right nonsense Sherlockiness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a show that you have to watch in order in any sense. It does feel like there's a formulaicness and that there aren't necessarily overarching plots. I know that you would see an episode of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, when did it come into your life? It kind of came into my life kind of late elementary, early middle school. And it's not like I was in elementary, you say. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I was, right it's not like i was an avid watcher but I, I think like either like my mom or like my sister or like somebody had it on the tv and i would watch it yeah it was like one of those types of shows like if it's on i'm gonna watch it if not i don't need to <laughs> i love that you both are like this show happened to me i saw it incidentally <laughs> i was never seeking it out i also was never seeking this show out which is why i never saw it I definitely had seen clips of it. Like I like got the vibe. I knew who House was. I you know knew that he was like an asshole, but you loved him anyway. Mm-hmm. And I didn't connect the dots until years later that I was like, oh, this is like a Sherlock Holmes adaptation. Like House, the House Holmes connection, obviously for the names. And then you know his sidekick's name is Wilson, not Watson. He actually lives at two two one B. It is actually his address in the show. And then the like larger meta narrative of it, which is that. He's solving mysteries. Well, what's what's interesting about it is, and I don't know, Lindy, if you felt this way when you saw it the first time, I didn't put two and two together that it was a Holmes reimagining or adaptation. Like, it just felt like... I didn't either. Yeah, it just felt like in the wave of, like, a Grey's Anatomy or, like, all those hospital doctor shows of the 2000s and didn't... I, I really honestly could not differentiate between them, but... Looking back now, I'm like, oh, House is definitely different from the rest. 100%. Oh, 100%. My ex had to tell me that it was a Sherlock Holmes adaptation. And I was like, no, it's not. And then he was like, yes, look, watch, look at all these things. And I was like, okay, I guess so. So I totally get where you're coming from on that side. And I think one of the things we'll talk about today is like, to what degree is it actually succeeding in being a Sherlock Holmes adaptation? It certainly is inspired (laughs) by the world of Sherlock Holmes. But does it get the vibes right? I also think that there are a number of shows that fall into the Sherlock Holmes archetype, whether they're trying to be or not. Like there's a bunch of these police procedural or like especially like consulting detective procedural shows like Psych or Monk, where it's like he's got some Mm -hmm. crazy intuition, deductive reasoning talent. We have to bring him in even though we don't like him. Like those shows and, you know, duo solving crimes, especially where one is like, more intelligent and the other one is there to 
be the audience in certain. Mm -hmm. so I don't understand. Explain to me. Those are always going to feel a little Sherlock. Why don't we dive into uh, fast facts for this specific one? Yes. So <clears throat> House, or also called House MD, is an American medical drama television series that originally ran on Fox for eight seasons from November 2004 to May of 2012. Obviously, this series stars Hugh Laurie as an unconventional misanthropic medical genius who, despite his dependence on pain medication, leads a team at the fictional Princeton Plansboro Teaching Hospital in New Jersey. The series was created by David Shore, and it was among the top 10 series in the United States from its second season through its fourth season. It has been distributed to 71 countries and is considered the most watched television program in the world in 2008. It has received largely positive reviews since its debut and has kind of developed a cult following over the years, especially now after the pandemic. Can something be called a cult classic if it's the most popular show in the country? Well, it was the most popular show in the country back mm -hmm. then, but as the years have gone by, like there's been other shows. I feel like cult classics were depreciated enough in their own time, usually. Like Rocky Horror is what I think of as like, a cult classic even though it's super popular now well my understanding of house is like it was good and then it got weird as most shows do so it, it kind of got worse as the series progressed and i feel like the two episodes we're discussing today split that good weird divide pretty evenly mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's jump in the very first episode of house the pilot which some people also refer to as everybody lies. Everybody lies. Is that a song? Yeah, everybody hurts. I've never heard music before. You don't know music. You, you hear music and you go, what is that? What's that noise? So the reason we picked this episode is that the patient is named Rebecca Adler, which is a reference to Irene Adler from the Sherlock Holmes canon. And the episode starts with her. She's a teacher. Mm -hmm. She shows up to teach, I think they're kindergarten? Yeah, that's kindergarten. Kindergarten students. Okay. And she has some sort of, it's a grand mal seizure where she becomes unable to speak and then collapses, which is very dramatic. It's, you know, it's part of the formula. A any show like this, you got to start with the inciting incident. I never really watched this show, but I watched like CSI Miami and it's the same way. Like if, if you start with a random person on screen, they're either going to become a body or discover a body. Well, it's interesting because a lot of <laughs> other like medical dramas don't really show this part. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of unique for this, this genre. Oh, interesting. Usually it starts when the patient shows up at the hospital. Yeah. The patient comes to the hospital. We, we see the doctors like talk to each other and like, about their personal lives and oh who's shipping who and all that good stuff and... oh yeah I, I mean we did not pick an indicative two episodes because we picked the first episode of the first season and the last episode of the second season but is this like soap opera where mm -hmm. there's recurring drama from episode to episode there is some like there has a like through line of what's happening to house and his relationships and how he and wilson and like cuddy and some of the doctors are doing things sometimes there's drama there but it's pretty loose for the most part is from my experience i don't know if sasha you have more yeah it could either be like over overarching story or just medical mystery of the week type deal so we're introduced to the medical mystery portion of the show um wilson who is our watson robert chum leonard is the actor's name he's like hey this is my cousin please help her and the team is organized to be like what's up with this lady it seems like she has the symptoms of a brain tumor, but she doesn't have a brain tumor because it's not showing up in the scans. Oh, we don't meet House right away, right? No, it, take, it takes a moment for House to show up. Yeah. There's this bizarre shot where we go, the camera goes in through... Into her head. Into her head, through her nose. And I'm like, that's a weird thing to do. And then it happens again later in the episode, and then again in the next episode. Mm -hmm. So it's just a thing this show did, I guess. Yeah. This, this show really shows you all the gory details of everything right and it was interesting because there's a like a fan wiki for the show and i read the entries for each episode and people like complain about them not getting all the medical stuff completely right you know like the we'll get to it when we get to the end of this episode but like this case in particular isn't accurate to what is likely to have happened this is also the pilot so they, a lot of things have changed one of the things that definitely changed after the pilot is the color grading 
Linda, did you did you notice this mm-hmm. as well? It's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the color grading is so weird. Everything is like orange or black and white the whole mm-hmm. time. But it's the only episode that does it. It's the only episode that does it. They tried something and they said, I don't think so. <laughs> they, they stopped doing it. Mm. I liked it. Right? You liked it? Yeah. Then <laughs> he's like, I can't relate to you to liking it, but I like colors. I like colors, but they don't have much color. It's a lot of grays in in the palette. Do you want to describe how we meet house? You're asking me? Yeah. Mm, I'm trying to remember how we meet house. Does he just barge in to one of the rooms? Does he just barge? How do we meet house? Don't we see his cane first? I'm sure. We must. I'm sure it's like a walking sequence. The only notes I took are about this, like, dialogue scene he has with Cuddy, which is trying to do so much establishing work, being like, you're the best in the force, but goddammit, you have to do your job. (laughs) Like, you have to do your clinic hours or whatever. Yeah. Because you haven't done them in six years, apparently, which, which is wild. Which is also, like, the setup for the entire show, that, like, he's been getting away with doing nothing, but now she's going to revoke his medical access unless... He does his clinic hours, which means that, like, for the rest of the show, he's going to have to deal with the main patient and also deal with, like, randos, mm-hmm. which he does. One thing mm-hmm. this episode does throughout is that he doesn't meet the patient face-to-face until pretty late in the episode, which I think the show doesn't do after this. Right? I think they kind of get over that, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, they set it up in a way to where it's like he never really meets his patients, and then he goes in and meets her because she was deciding to not move forward with treatment and he was going to be like, you're being ridiculous. But he then goes to see her to like convince her otherwise. And she gains his respect. Mm -hmm. Seems like. I will say normally it kind of does follow this episode like pattern where it's like, he'll let his assistant doctors do most of it at first. And then he'll come in at the end and be like, well, mm. let's talk about this mm-hmm. and what else have you been doing and um, house and blah, 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 blah. That's your impression? And then all of a sudden, like, he's figured it out and then everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. After that one conversation. Right. Only he had that conversation at the beginning of the hospital visit. And didn't well, make him go through test. all these crazy tests that always... I think what's so funny about house to me is whatever tests they do go so poorly that, like, it gets worse. Like, yeah. whatever symptom they had immediately gets so much worse. And, like, whatever they did causes more problems, which I think is very funny. Because <laughs> I don't I don't have a medical degree, to be fair, but I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> what I think is funny is that, like, what I'd always heard about this show is that it's like, watch the funny little doctor do medical malpractice for 45 minutes. And <laughs> this episode is, like, immediately he's going to do some morally dubious stuff just like right off the bat he he is not following whatever hipaa or the hippocratic oath probably the most accurate thing is like if they don't know what it is they'll just keep doing tests mm-hmm. 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 yeah but i, I well, think i'd think... be pretty upset if the doctors were like well we, the thing is that we need to break into your house we need mm-hmm. to break into your house to to determine if there are any environmental factors that are causing which is what happens is that eventually he's like mm-hmm you need to break into the client's house, right. the patient's house, without her knowledge <laughs> for some reason. Even though everyone keeps being like, we could just go get her keys. And he's like, no, she could we have could a meth lab. could just ask her for her keys? Immediately, he's like, she could have a meth lab. And then revoke access, I guess. She could say no, Yeah, is his point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. But speaking as someone who's more likely right. to be a patient than to be a doctor, I would like my like right to my space to be respected to my privacy so yeah yeah Uh here's the other thing that i thought about like both episodes especially with both patients their medical bills they must have either the best insurance ever or their medical bills are sky high right i think what's funny with so many house episodes is that like so often House gets lectured at in some way of them being like, you can't just run experiments on patients. Like (laughs) that conversation comes up so often or like you can't just do this because you have a hunch. And then everyone's like, he can because he's house and he can do what he wants to. Which is that a Sherlock Holmes trope that there's always like an element of like you can't just go off of what your your hunch says or what your thing is. And then house has to house slash homes has to prove that he's on the right track 
I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's like an adaptation thing because in the books, like Sherlock kind of just gets to do whatever he wants. Nobody gives him like any crap mm-hmm. about it. In fact, they kind of encourage him to do his thing. Right. But the books are also like kind of about the process of deductive reasoning. So if Sherlock has a hunch, he's going to like work through and prove it. Right. He's not just going to throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. I, I guess for a conflict, you need to have someone be like, you're crazy, or you can't just do like things on a hunch, or like maybe it's like a modern adaptation thing where it's like, eh, I don't know. Maybe, do we trust you? Do we believe you? So this episode is sort of hard to talk about plot beat by plot beat because a lot of the plot is going in circles. Like they try something and it fails, and they try something and it fails. So we'll just hit some of the like major points. You pointed out while we're watching the episode that it's like House has a whole team of Watsons. Yes. Like he has these three mm-hmm. other doctors who are part of his team that are that he's bouncing ideas off of that are providing him with ideas. And actually Wilson is barely in the episode. Yeah. I would say Wilson is more of like a Lestrade in a way. Or a Mrs. Oscar. Hudson. Or Mrs. Hudson, yes. <laughs> and then you have three different Watsons, three different backgrounds, all different personality types. And the, this episode tries to like start to define who those people are. I don't know their names, but we get some backstory for for two of them this episode. I will say the bad thing about watching these two episodes is that we do not get any of their names. Oh, yeah. We get House, we get Cuddy, and we get Wilson. Yep. And then our patient's names. That's it. We get introduced to Holmes's drug use. He just keeps taking pills throughout the whole episode, which he describes as painkillers at one point. Mm-hmm. We don't know much about that, but he does steal Vicodin. Yeah. That is his drug of choice throughout the show is he just like kind of pops Vicodin all the time. So I think it's starting that like you see him steal the Vicodin and then you're going to continually see him steal it forevermore. Yeah. And obviously that's a Sherlock Holmes thing. Sherlock, the character is also an addict. Does the show ever do anything with his addiction? Does he like work through it? Because the implication in Arthur Conan Doyle's time it's kind of like, isn't it cool how he uses drugs to in- enhance his mental abilities? Like, it, it, it's a very, like, mm. pre-addiction theory version of drug use. So mm-hmm. a lot of modern adaptations that include the drug use also have to decide how to feel about it and what, if there's an arc about it or not. There's definitely an arc about it. There's a, Yeah, 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 yeah. There's several pushbacks, cons- like, constantly from Cuddy and Wilson on his drug use. But they also are like, but you're also in pain all the time. But like there's there's several different little arcs about his his drug use throughout. Interesting. It's, it's yeah, it's kind of a in the later seasons, a major plot line, but not so later later. He makes a series of like Sherlock deductions as well mm-hmm. in this episode. One of them is to one of the patients he has to see as part of his clinical hours. The orange one? The orange guy. And he's like, your wife is cheating Mm -hmm. on you. Which is an interesting resonance to the next episode we're watching. And then later he makes a deduction about the, like a lady who works in the cafeteria. The lunch lady, yeah. Like, you know, he's just like glanced at her once and his this whole series of deductions about like her health and level of cleanliness and stuff like that. Which is, which is fun, which is Sherlocky. Yeah. I think this series is another example a, a little bit similar to BBC Sherlock of like the cool, smart-ass, know-it-all Sherlock that I think we've mm-hmm. kind of become accustomed to in this day and age. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever liked House. Like, That's I, fair. I, I think we're supposed to be like he's a cool asshole, and isn't he kind of like desirable? Did you want to be him? You know, I, I never felt that way. He is. He is kind of the worst. He's also really misogynistic. It doesn't super show it in these episodes, but like I, I, it, this isn't this isn't it showing it. I mean, it has it a little bit in these ones, but like he he just you know he he gets gross. He gets gross with the females, and I don't like it. Oh, he is a character who is hard to love. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of great art about characters who are hard to love. I didn't feel like the sympathy in this episode for him necessarily in either episode, really. I think in the pilot specifically, this 
where you're supposed to feel this thing for him is in the speech that Adler is giving to him when he tries to convince her to stay. Mm-hmm. And she kind of basically rips him a new one saying that like you do all of these things to fill some like void within you and like that is when you're supposed to feel bad for him that like this is all he has and that's when he gains respect for her is when she calls him out on it which i think is a fascinating way to exist i think he's just a hard person to want to care about because it's like just do better just be a better person you could do that be good to people so the reason they have to have this heart to heart, as we've alluded to already, is because she wants to stop treatment because they've decided finally after. I mean, this is also the medical malpractice thing is they've just been like trying stuff on her. At one point, he's like, if it works, we'll learn that. If it doesn't work, we'll learn something else. And it's like, that's like you're endangering uh-huh. your patient's life. But eventually they break into her house and find ham in her fridge and homes or house rather is like, well, she has ham in her fridge. She must have a tapeworm, which is wild, which is insane. This is this is the biggest thing the episode gets wrong medically, apparently, is that if there was like tapeworm larva in her ham, the worst she'd have is like diarrhea mm. and not this number of bizarre symptoms that she does have. Not a tapeworm in her brain, tapeworm larva right, exactly. in her brain. Exactly. Which is the problem. Which is the problem. This is also the scene and remind me if this gets resolved. This is when we learn. So Wilson lies that the patient Adler is his cousin. Right. And this is when we find out, oh yeah, this is a lie. She's not his cousin. Yes. Does this ever get resolved? House brings it up at the end of the episode. He says, you lied to a friend to save a stranger. Isn't that funny? You know, isn't that a weird thing to do? I think the point is that like house has to be convinced to care about people. And Wilson is trading on, whatever love house has for him, which is interesting because in this episode, we really don't get an established relationship between the two of them. So the show seems to be like treating the audience. Like we already understand that they have some bond that it never establishes. It's really weird. How little house Wilson time we get on screen in this episode, given that like this moment hinges around there having a relationship. And then also that, like, I think the central dynamic of, the Sherlock Holmes stories is the Holmes-Watson dynamic. I think both episodes have very little House-Wilson dynamic. And that's atypical for the show? I think they get more into it, but it's very much an overarching relationship. But, but also, Wilson is kind of just there to be someone when House events things to or has problems. Right. What is Wilson's job? At and the there's, He's another doctor. I, I think your theory from earlier makes more sense now thinking about it of Wilson being a Mrs. Hudson. Oh, he's just keeping house. Yeah, that's good. I think if there's a Mrs. Hudson, it's Cuddy. Cuddy is the one that has to keep house and sort of keep him in line. That's why I think Cuddy is the Lestrade because she's like, here's the case. We need Um, you to solve this. mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. I think we need to take a quick Cuddy detour. I love Cuddy. She doesn't take any shit, and I love her for that. Yeah. He also, in the show, like, continually over-sexualizes her to her face as a way to make her uncomfortable, and she never, like, she's always, like, whatever. Like, does not care. We don't get a, a sexism moment between House and Cuddy this episode, because she runs the hospital, right? Or runs the department? Yeah, she's, yeah. like, the chief. Yes. Yeah, just to explain. But we do get a weird sexism moment with the female doctor on his team. Oh, I forgot. Where she's like, why did you hire me in -hmm. relation to her finding out about how good like test scores and everything one of the other doctors had? And she's like, I know I didn't have the best test scores. Why did you hire me? And he's like, I hired you because you're pretty. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. goes on to explain through classic Housian logic that because she's pretty, he knows that she worked hard when she didn't have to, and he respects that. And she must be damaged. And that she must be damaged. And I was like, (laughs) okay, maybe that's a nice save, but also still a fucked up thing to say to someone who works for you. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, well, maybe this is the pilot and maybe it'll get better. And then there's a really bizarre moment in the next episode we watched, which is two full seasons later. Yeah. But also like, 
are we supposed to like ship them? Is the show want us to be excited about their dynamic because the power imbalance is so huge? Like I, I don't want them to have any life together. I mean, this is a big question, I guess, about this show. Does House ever, is he ever a sexual creature? Does he ever have any relationships? That I don't remember. I don't think so. I, I also don't remember, but like, I feel like I would remember. Yeah. For some reason in my mind, there's definitely something with Cuddy at some point and Wilson Mm -hmm. definitely gets a love interest. I'm not entirely sure who gets who or what does what or who goes where. And I'm not sure if House ever has a love interest, to be quite honest. But as it goes on, there's definitely something there. I mean, it seems from what I've seen from the show, besides these two episodes, that the most important relationship House has is is with Wilson. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And even his team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts about this episode before we move on to the other one? I thought there were like some really good like quotes, like dying with dignity. That's a great quote. Oh, that there's no such thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good lines. There's also some, there's also some really silly lines. Well, of course, it's the 2000s. Yeah. There's that one scene where they have to explain House's mental state and they just have like three lines in a row where they're like, She's not just a patient to him anymore. Now he's invested and 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 she matters to him. And it's like, okay, fine, <laughs> fine. This show is something I remember from watching it. Loves a tracheotomy. They love for someone to not be breathing and to have to cut their throat open. It's an ongoing thing that this show does over and over and over again. Yeah, both these episodes have them. Every medical show in the 2000s had, like, their one thing. This show has tracheotomies. Grey's Anatomy has, like, the tubes that you, like, force into the throat, like, oh, breathing tubes. When you intubate people. Yeah. yeah. Like, every show has their, their thing. Mm-hmm. I think Chicago Med has, like, the clear that's their go-to. Mm-hmm. Defibrillator? Yeah, defibrillator. I, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I want to talk, before we move on, I want to talk about Rebecca Adler as a character. I love her. She's fun, but is she, is she some, is she a version of Irene Adler? No. I kind of don't don't think think so. Like, Irene Adler is like an empowered normal woman who Holmes has to learn a lesson from, which sort of happens here. Yeah. But she also like uses his methods against him and gets away with it, which doesn't really happen here. You know, she's a patient the whole time. She doesn't have victory over homes in any sense she doesn't get away with something i think she's really just an homage mostly in name like they just kind of wanted to have her name in there and then the biggest thing that we get is that she gains his respect and teaches him a lesson and like letting her make her own decision Mm -hmm. but like other than that she doesn't have the main big adler attributes or like moments really Well, let's jump ahead then, because the next episode kind of does the same thing. We picked these two episodes for the Uh same reason, which is that the next episode features a character whose name is Moriarty. In the beginning of the episode, House and the team are dealing with a man with a swollen tongue, and they're talking about potential solutions to the problem when a balding man shows up asking for House and shoots him. Great security, Mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm. And then... It's him twice. It's just him twice. He's used him twice. Yeah, in the in so, the abdomen and stomach abdomen and, in and the neck. neck. Yeah. So House uh-huh. wakes up in a hospital bed, and the guy who shot him, Moriarty, is wheeled into the room in a hospital bed next to him. There in the ICU because he was shot by security trying to get out of the building. And the next, uh, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes of the episode is about House trying to solve the case he was solving before he got shot. Of the swollen tongue. The man with the swollen tongue, which, like every case on the show, things go wrong and weird and horrible things are happening to this poor man. This poor man, we'll get to it, but this poor man. While also realizing that his like psyche is unraveling, he's beginning to hallucinate things, because he realizes that while he was under, when they were operating on the gunshot wounds, they administered ketamine, to induce a coma state as part of some experimental treatment to fix his leg pain, which is hugely ironic because he's a very offended by it, but it's exactly the kind of stuff he does to patients all the time, which I think is hilarious. Mm-hmm. 
And it does seem to have temporarily at least cured his leg pain, but he's having hallucinations and his, you know, his brain's not right. He no longer seems to be smarter than the people around him. And he's struggling to solve this problem with the man with the swollen tongue. And all the while, like this Moriarty is. He has to talk to Moriarty all the time, who's who we, who we never hear the actual name of, but is Moriarty in the credits. And he's kind of like, you're kind of a bad guy. Have you considered that your behavior is morally gray? Have, have you considered <laughs> you're an asshole? Yeah. And we find right. out that he's mad because House told Moriarty's wife that Moriarty was cheating on her and she took her own life after House healed her. Which is why he came to shoot House. Which is why he came to shoot House. But not like kill him. Just make him go crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, the big twist at the end of the episode. We'll get to it. Oh, but... you want to wait? Okay. Yeah, we'll but... get we'll get to well, it. Can we talk about it. the twist? Because I'm confused. It's been all a hallucination. The entire episode is a hallucination. Right. Nothing in the <laughs> episode other than the shooting at the beginning and the last three mi- minutes of the episode. Yes. Everything that happens in the episode, hallucination. Right. There genuinely is a man with a swollen tongue at the beginning of the episode. And he gets shot. What? And House gets shot. And House gets shot, yes. The man with the swollen tongue does not get shot. Yeah, everything else that happens is happens in his head between the time that he gets shot and when he wakes up being rushed to the emergency room. Yeah. And before they administer ketamine. So the entire episode happens in his head, which is why he's no longer smarter than the people around him because they all have the same intellect as him. Why are Moriarty is villain monologuing for the entire episode? Why are always villain monologuing? And I was really trying to pay attention to be like, what is he trying to say? And I, I don't think he was saying much. It's just that you don't care about people and you need to learn to care about people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, does he learn by the end of season eight? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. He's probably a, a, a lost cause. And I just hate episodes like this where it's all hallucination. It feels like such a cop out. Like, do the thing or don't do the thing. Yeah, I think it's only interesting in the context of like being surprised by the twist. Because it's a pretty, it's a pretty compelling story and a pretty compelling episode. That like, if it oh, happened, I I don't know in real life, I'd be like, oh, that's that's kind of cool what they're doing with this character. But since it's all like made up. It, it feels less impactful. Yeah. In a way. But also like the Holmes arc in this episode is what? Like, I don't think he, does he realize he's a bad person? Eventually he does apologize to Moriarty for ratting out his, his dalliances to his wife. But it doesn't matter. It's not mm-hmm. real. But it's not real. So like, so what did he learn? Why did he learn it? I don't know. I think what's wild too, is that like when he wakes up, and we get the reveal that it's all been a hallucination. He says to them as they're rushing him to the ICU, like, give me ketamine. As if the whole hallucination, like, gave him the yeah, idea yeah. to take the ketamine so that he could fix his leg. Which I think is very weird. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, that that is what we're supposed to come away with it, is what it feels like. Like, oh, his leg's going to get better. But I'm like, that's... That feels like a weird thing to take away with after we've done all of this. I think the thing that I really keep thinking about is this episode's position as the last episode of the series. And like, as the last episode of the series, it's not that, it doesn't feel that climactic or deserved or mm-hmm. monumental in any sense. Like, it seems like fairly normal house stuff happens. There's a weird case. There's some other weird details around it, which is that he's uh, unconscious for most of it, actually and imagining it, which is not so satisfying. And then the like hook for the next season is that he's going to devise this treatment plan to fix his leg. But the only thing that I can think of is that like this episode must have given them some really great like clips to run promos for the episode for. <laughs> like, tune in right. for the season finale where House gets shot. And it's like, that's exciting, but like it's like they found an exciting idea and exciting reason for people to tune in and then wrote a fairly mediocre episode around it. Can we talk about how Moriarty is mostly mediocre also? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is our Moriarty. He's not a mastermind. His plan is show up and shoot and then get caught, presumably. (laughs) And you know, the version of him that exists in House's head does all these weird, sad monologues, which makes him like an intellectual like he is in the books, I guess, that he has these like larger ideas. But we we later find out that it's just House. 
So like his inner demon is his Moriarty. Like what, you know, what is the show saying? The leg pain is the Moriarty. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Imagine. <laughs> well, but he's not even like intellectually simulating the same way that Moriarty tends to be like this opposite challenge for Sherlock so often. Mm-hmm. But like in this, he's just, he's just kind of there and like, saying some stuff to make House think about his own moral like quandaries and qualms. But he's not... He, he doesn't feel evil, first of all. He just feels like a dude. He doesn't feel like the bad guy. He's just totally. a man who happens to own a gun. And it's also like not that surprising that House gets shot. Like, yeah. he doesn't have any bedside manner. He does crazy things to patients all the time. Like when it happens, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Someone would get mad enough to shoot him, but like without even knowing why. And so, like, it doesn't feel like the same, like, sort of mental challenge or like evil counterpart. It's just some dude. Truly, Moriarty should be like another competing doctor. Oh, that could be fun. Like, somebody who is equally as smart, as witty, as good of a doctor as home, as houses but a better people person and like trying to discredit him and yeah. getting thrown off the staff 100 percent. Mm-hmm. it'd be like cliche as hell because every medical thing has sort of that plot of oh this doctor's trying to get me fired blah 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 but like it would make more sense than a moriarty who just like a regular guy i also don't think house is above stock plots yeah i don't think so but i think what they don't like doing is a lot of overarching more than episodic plots. And I think introducing a character like that would have to be through several episodes. And so this way it keeps their same formulaic monster of the week or disease of the week. It keeps that narrative going while putting like a weird twist on it for the like end of season finale kind of thing, but doesn't have to be breaking their mold in the same way. Which is true to the Arthur Conan Doyle stories. Like, there isn't continuity between the stories. They can all exist independently from each other, which has always been also the problem with Moriarty, is that Conan Doyle brought him in at a very specific moment and didn't set him up beforehand. And everyone since then has been like, well, I guess we should set up this guy if he's so cool. I guess Mm. he should be in multiple episodes. Mm -hmm. This actually, in some ways, is truer to the Arthur Conan Doyle canon because Moriarty is the person who tried to kill Sherlock Holmes, and he just shows up out of nowhere. It's just not really true to the Mm. spirit of how we've seen people adapt the character, I guess. That's fair. I think another thing, too, that this hallucination twist kind of ruins is a really crucial plot point between House and his little gang of Watsons, you know? House literally has to put his trust into his Watsons. And I think t- making it all like a hallucination story kind of lessens the punch of that. Yeah, it's a classic like BBC Sherlock problem where like House always has to be the coolest and the most amazing so that like when he's not, something's wrong and like him having to rely on other people is an error. I'm going to jump a little earlier in the episode for a second because one of the first things Moriarty says to House is you insult people while showing off how insightful you are. Which feels very mm-hmm. BBC Sherlock. Like this version of Sherlock, this insulting, insightful thing feels very like what the 2000s, 2010s version of the character is. I don't think that's how the mm-hmm. character feels in the books, though. It's so BBC Sherlock. But this is pre-BBC. Yeah. Sherlock. So I wonder if they were inspired mm-hmm. by this. Maybe. I mean, it is played by famous British actor Hugh Laurie. Right. Who is doing a pretty good job with the American accent. Yeah, despite like our possible feelings of the character of House, Hugh Laurie does a great job. And like yeah. I, I I know I know you might have like some conflicting feelings about the character, but like I, I still like House. You you know in a friend group how there's always that one like douchebag that you're like, I don't know why we're friends with you, but I still like you. Mm-hmm. You both like the character more and you've seen more episodes. Maybe I need to see more episodes of the show Maybe. to like it more. I think what makes House Charming is the wit that he has. Like, it's the fast lines of dumb humor that happen so quickly that are, like, in between stuff. Mm -hmm. But he's still an asshole. Like, he's still the worst. 
this episode lends in this weird place where because in the middle of the episode we think that the surgery healed house's leg but like ruined his brain we get this weird like healthy intellect versus healthy leg dichotomy going on where it's like you can't have both (laughs) which feels like it weirdly inversely implies (laughs) that house is so smart because his leg is hurt it doesn't kind of feel that (laughs) way like it's like yeah the implication is like because he's hurt he's kind of using his intellect to overcompensate for for being broken quote-unquote yeah this show has some weird ideas about ability also there's there's some words Uh uh in these two episodes also um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like i'm pretty sure that rebecca adler when they finally talk in the first episode is like so how'd you become a cripple yeah oh and they call him that constantly throughout the entire show yikes yeah the 2000s the last thing i want to talk about in this episode is the robot surgery they are trying to show the swollen tongue man that this robot can do this surgery for him and it's going to be better than a normal surgeon doing it because it's more specific more gentle and how house shows this man is he puts the hot female assistant doctor on this table and uses the robot's little knife things to like put it on her cheek and then like goes lifts up her shirt puts a thing in her belly button squirts air in it and then like slowly cuts off the buttons on her shirt till it like slightly reveals her bra and then he's like is this enough for you? And I'm like, it was enough for everyone, sir. <laughs> so where the doctor has to like say like house, like stop. And, you know, and that's that's just not something that, that we needed to include ever. No. We later find out this is all in House's mind, which really adds this like dirty old man element to it. <laughs> like in the middle of having a, a hallucinatory episode where he imagines a treatment for his leg pain. He also like put some time aside to one kill a patient and two like sexually harass his employee. It wouldn't be an episode of House unless you did the medical malpractice and the sexual harassment also. Really, and the medical malpractice is how he like is the solution, right? In his brain, he's like torturing this guy who has these all these horrible things. We haven't talked about swollen tongue guy. But he's just this, like, hapless guy who's, like, life is being destroyed by House's inability to solve this case. Like, a series of very nasty things happen to him. His eyeball and scrotum both explode. Mm-hmm. Separately. He gets a tracheotomy. Because everybody gets a tracheotomy. It's the tracheotomy show. They, like, have to stab his tongue several times. So they have to cut open his mouth wider, like the Joker. So he can breathe. Mm-hmm. And then he's having the surgery and House is like, well... He he comes in and he's like, let me lay out the logical reasons for why it's okay for me to kill this man. <laughs> he's like, this is either real life or this is fantasy. And so he kills him. And he's so he like, he's him. like, if I go too far, I'll wake up from my hallucination. And he doesn't. He does eventually. He kills the man with he the does, yeah. robot surgery. And then the the man opens his bloody hand and a bullet falls onto the ground. And it, it just feels like it's copying like films that use visual metaphor more successfully. I don't understand mm-hmm. what this is trying to say. The way it like slowly fell, I was expecting like some a close-up of somebody going like Rosebud <laughs> to happen. Like I get that it's like it's the confirmation that this is a hallucination, but like what does swollen tongue guy represent, you know? Like I don't get it. Write in. Tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts as people who have seen more of the show about these two episodes. I think it reminded me of how I do like House, and I watched several more episodes after watching these two. Also reminded me that I really hate med shows. I am terrified of blood and needles and knives, so that was fun. But overall, like, I do think it's worth watching. It's pretty outdated. It's very early 2000s. They are not kosher, as it were. But other than that, I think it's fun and a little silly. Yeah, I I second that. I think for me, I just really enjoy the performances for the most part. And I like, like the idea and the story of a medical mystery of the week. I do agree. I forgot how much gore 
there is in this series and how bloody it can get. So this was not the best reminder of that, but yeah, yeah, overall it's house, you know, like it definitely has a lot of faults, but I like them. So this is my first time seeing any episodes of house and I did not have very much fun. The show feels so much like it's getting off on the like gross factor that it's like, we have to show you Mm -hmm. all this like bloody gross stuff you know all these horrible things happening to people like it feels like it's relishing in that a little bit and then there's like no mm-hmm. human warmth to it like the show doesn't really care about what happens to rebecca or to such a tongue guy certainly who's a punchline we don't even get his show. ending so then to answer the other question it also doesn't have like a very sherlocky vibe like i feel like a good sherlock story has a like warm central relationship between two characters who are solving crimes together and like i don't really get the feeling that house likes any of his watsons or that they like him Mm -hmm. like for me there's no core there where i care about the characters enough because they don't care about each other enough for me to be invested Mm -hmm. in them figuring stuff out together i disagree on the characters not caring about each other there was that scene in the second episode where the female assistant to house kind of stopped him and like stared longingly into his eyes but like as a way of like hey don't be an idiot like i care about you too much to let you like do something stupid like this so i can't say like there's no proof that like they care about each other and clearly like the other doctors are like whenever he's like going crazy they're kind of like a little worried they're kind of like you you good yeah i mean maybe i should watch more episodes of it because all of that stuff i mean a lot of that stuff happens in his head of course <laughs> and also it feels so inconsistent because the episode is intentionally being inconsistent you know things don't make sense like in one scene they're worried about him ripping his stitches out if he moves around too much and the next thing they take him out for fast food you know <laughs> then it cuts back to him handcuffed to the bed it's like you know it's unclear what is actually happening and what isn't which is the point but it also means that like that care is more told than shown because the what's shown feels inconsistent. So, I mean, maybe we just pick two weird episodes and I should watch some like mid-season episodes to get a better sense of the show. But I, I think that like some of the other shows I've mentioned earlier, like Psych or Monk, get closer to the vibe that I associate with Sherlock than this does. They feel cozy and warm in a way. There's a, there's a there's something like charming there. Yeah, there's no there's no cozy or warm with House MD. They don't really like that there. Yeah, I think when it comes to like the Sherlockian things that we've come to think of Sherlock, it's definitely not there. I think this is like a symptom of the modern opinion and or like interpretation of Sherlock and what we think Sherlock is. You know, I, I think this is like the... I think the best example of like a Sherlock who is kind of an asshole, kind of a jerk to people, but you like him. Mm-hmm. That I think a lot of people assume Sherlock is. For better or for worse. Yeah. I, I mean, this isn't the way that I'd like to see Sherlock adapted in the future, I don't think. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think it's it's very specific to TV in this time period also. Mm-hmm. Just like being very episodic, being like a substantial med show and only having like vague kind of like head nods almost to Sherlock Holmes, but kind of being its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about earlier how some of us didn't realize it was a Holmes adaptation while watching it like the first couple times because it doesn't feel like that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, this is an interesting companion to the last two episodes being about BBC Sherlock, because even though BBC Sherlock is doing a lot more work around specific Arthur Conan Doyle characters and stories, it also is using that as a springboard to just do its own thing and be its own thing about a guy living in the modern Mm -hmm. day who's kind of an asshole who solves crimes. And yeah weirdly despite all the criticisms bbc sherlock might have been more successful for me than this was wow i mean this is a mini-sode so we're not going to rate house but i mean think about the scale that we use loyalty to source material zero grade of mystery maybe middling britishness zero they make a british actor do an american accent for the entire thing queer subtext zero yeah and total enjoyment 
debatable. Yeah, no, I I can agree with you on all of that, but I don't I don't know. There's just something about this show. Maybe it, either it's nostalgia, or I don't know. There's just something there with it that I can't fully hate it. Even though there's a lot of problems with it, I I can still, if it's on, I'll watch it. Type type situation. It's funny because as someone who hates med shows, this is one that like I will watch if I get stuck on it, but, and I don't usually like things that are like very episodic either, but it's something about how he solves his med cases that is always interesting to me. And I think that's the closest element of the Sherlockiness that we get to is the like solving of the case of whatever that is, is the main piece that they've kept. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like, because so much of it relies on medical knowledge that it doesn't do that good mystery thing of putting the audience in a place where they can solve alongside the detective. Like we're just waiting for mm. to say something brilliant that we couldn't have possibly have known the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether the medical facts are wrong or right at the end of the day, he's going to be like, well, she had ham in her fridge, so she must have <laughs> apeworm in her brain. X-ray her leg to prove it to her. Which all happens. Everyone who eats ham. Right. Must have tapeworms. Right. This is definitely putting me down like a slight rabbit hole now of making me think like, oh, why do we like these medical types of shows? Or even mm -hmm. speaking step forward, you know, it's sister type show series. Why do we like like the Law and Orders or the Criminal Minds or like, like, why do we enjoy this stuff? I mean, I think it's the same thing that people get out of like true crime, that it's the like safe way to experience a real worry mm. you know like i think that that having stress around bad things happening to you in the case of true crime or bad medical things happening to you in the case of medical dramas and then being like oh bad things will happen and then good people will come and save the day there will be a doctor who will be able to figure out what's wrong there will be a policeman who will come and apprehend the bad guys and i will be saved you know if the worst happens then it is likely that someone will come and protect me mm. um i guess my question is isn't that holmesian yeah i mean holmes and holmes invented the genre that this is that this is coming from right holmes invented the mystery of the week genre i think that is holmesian i think that the things that happen to the characters in sherlock holmes are less real world fears for the most part there's often some like larger than life outlandish element to those so i don't, yeah, I don't know Final thoughts? What's the myth buster? Not busted, but the one that's in the middle. Plausible. <laughs> plausible. We rate House plausible. of the Plausible as a Sherlock Holmes adaptation. Plausible as a Sherlock Holmes adaptation. Lindy, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. You'll be joining us again next week when we'll be making a radical gear change. A um, radical? A rat? <laughs> a goal? Stop. Because we'll be watching The Great Mouse Detective. It's cartoon time! Lydia, do you have anything else to say? Thank you so much for having me! Bye! <laughs> We've been your Baker Street <laughs> Regulars. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>